Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Well, welcome to the News Roundtable on this Tuesday, March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 2020. Steve Bull with you and Quaid will join me here in just a little bit in the studio. And uh, first things first, let's go ahead and take a look at some of the local news content that we have and some of the cancellations. Of course, there are many of those and some changes uh, on our newscast. Let's get to that. First off, and most importantly, I guess, it's Election Day in the state of Illinois. Voters are going to the polls locally to decide several races and issues. Statewide, voters will make their choice for president in the primary elections. While here in Adams County, Republicans have choices to make in a couple of races. The race for the nomination for Adams County Coroner has Deputy Coroner Scott Graham versus Catherine Morrison-Wright. Incumbent Judge Drew Irwin is running against Quincy lawyer Tad Brenner for the 8th Judicial Circuit's judge's seat. State's Attorney Gary Farha and U.S. Representative Darren LaHood both are unopposed in today's primary. And voters in the Quincy Public School District are also deciding on a 53-cent property tax increase. That referendum was put on the ballot back in December by the Quincy School Board. And if it passes, it would generate $5.3 million a year that would cover the cost of state-mandated increases in the minimum wage to $15 an hour and a $40,000 minimum salary for teachers. Voters who normally vote at the Illinois Veterans Home and St. Vincent's Home will have new places to vote today. The polling places will be at the National Guard Armory on Cooks Lane in Quincy. And voters who normally cast their ballot at Good Samaritan Home are encouraged to go to Trinity Church on 24th and Cherry Lane to cast your vote today. And the polls are open now, and they will stay open until... 7 o'clock this evening. Well, a last-minute agenda item may provide some relief to Quincy businesses and residents. Last night at the Quincy City Council meeting, the alderman passed a resolution outlining the city's response to any future COVID-19 declarations. Quincy Mayor Kyle Moore recommended 12 items on a memo in response to both federal and state emergencies surrounding COVID-19. Some of those include waiving all fares on the Quincy Transit Lines, the city is also suspending water service shutouts due to the lack of payments. Utility payments should be made online or put in the city's drop box. The city's food and beverage tax will now be postponed at least 60 days. The city is also looking to accommodate bars and restaurants as the governor has mandated the closure of all indoor dining facilities and bars. They can also reserve public parking spaces adjacent to their buildings as pickup locations. All liquor licenses due in fiscal year 2020 and 2021 can now be paid on a quarterly quarterly basis. Quincy City Hall will remain open 
Those who are sick are encouraged to stay home. Please stay home. The city meetings will remain as is, but state statute will allow them to be done remotely. Quincy Mayor Kyle Moore has not declared a city emergency at this time, and he says he's in constant communication with officials. He wouldn't reveal any details of those conversations at this time. If Mayor Moore declares a state of emergency, the city will have access to additional resources as well. Also Monday night, the aldermen got a glimpse of the next fiscal year budget, which begins in May. That budget will be changed. The budget preview was prepared before the COVID-19 pandemic, and the city is expecting to take a financial hit from that pandemic. For example, the city normally receives about $50,000 in gaming taxes per month. Well, that money is used for pension costs, but now the state has mandated gaming operations halt for at least two weeks. Mayor Moore says he would like to see the governor provide some sort of pension relief as a way to help offset the predicted financial burden. He says because this is a developing situation, the mayor believes that the governor's office will ask for feedback later on to lessen the blow. Mayor Moore also says six years ago that the city council agreed to beef up reserves, which puts them in a fortunate spot financially right now. The city of Quincy has $3.7 million in cash reserves available with an additional $1.4 million of unrestricted money scheduled in the budget. Mayor Moore says it's not uncommon for the reserves to be dipped into in emergency situations. That happened back in 2015 when the town was faced with a devastating windstorm. City Council won't know for at least three or more months what the impact COVID-19 will have on the local economy. To reduce coronavirus risk at Blessing Physician Services clinics until further notice, they have announced Blessing Physician Services requires one person only to accompany any patient to visit at its provider offices here in Quincy at all the rural clinic locations as well. In addition, each person entering BPS clinics will be screened for fever, cough, and shortness of breath even before proceeding to the provider offices. In other news, with the ongoing concerns over the COVID-19 and in line with the safety protocols that are in place being suggested both local, state, and federal authorities, Quincy Police Department is modifying their response to calls for service in order to better protect the health of our citizens as well as that of the officers and civilian employees. Beginning this evening, the citizens who need to report a crime that is, quote, not in progress will be asked to do so by telephone or by going through the online crime reporting page on the City of Quincy website, and that is available at quincyill.gov public safety on the web. Adams County Jail officials say they don't want to see members of the public at the courthouse unless absolutely necessary. Adams County Sheriff's Office says it suspended all visitation effective Sunday until further notice in an effort to limit the opportunity of COVID-19 being introduced into the jail, the county jail. They say the move was recommended by the Illinois Department of Corrections, and it's a precaution as there are no known cases of COVID-19 among the staff or inmates. In addition, all volunteer-managed programs are canceled until further notice. The Sheriff's Office also says they're encouraging the public to limit access to the courthouse. And Hancock County Courthouse, pretty much similar measures are being taken. 
Hancock County Health Department in coordination with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention advises that they should minimize contact to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. The Ninth Judicial Circuit has released an administrative order which has been released. Hancock County Courthouse also implementing the following changes effective today. Hancock County Courthouse will remain open. However, it is requested that if you contact all county offices prior to any incoming visits, you can contact the Hancock County uh, phone number. And each office is located on the web at hancockcounty.il.gov to contact them for more information. Adams County Health Department also scaling back some of its services as well. Quincy Public Library says it's temporarily closing its doors for two weeks. Effective at 8 o'clock last night, this went into effect. And they say they hope to reopen on April the 1st, although library officials will continue to evaluate that as that date draws closer. Quincy Public Library staff will continue a shortened schedule during this two-week closure to provide limited services to patrons. You can call and place holds on reserve materials online at their website. And it's also available at the QPL's kiosk branch, which is located inside County Market at 48th and Broadway, Lincoln Douglas, or Isle Schools. Additionally, during the time, the books may be returned through the QPL's book drop locations located in the Quincy Mall parking lot, also near the Quincy Mall's south entrance, Walmart, 12th and Harrison, uh, also at the Hy-Vee parking lot there at uh, 14th and Harrison here in Quincy for those library drop-offs. Hannibal Schools announced yesterday they'll be closing for 30 days. Hannibal Schools Superintendent Susan Johnson announced they've alerted all employees that schools are closed starting today and continuing through April 14th in Hannibal. Hannibal is the second school district in northeast Missouri to halt classes. Scotland County Schools decided to close for four weeks effective yesterday. Pike County Missouri schools decided to close for three weeks due to the coronavirus. And we'll keep you up to date on all of those latest uh, as they will continue to happen, of course. Illinois Secretary of State Jesse White says that all of his offices are closed for two weeks effective today. White said that all offices, including driver services facilities statewide, are closed to the public. The closures will last through the end of this month, March 31st. A statement from White says that expiration dates for driver's license, ID cards, vehicle registrations, and other transactions will be extended by 30 days through an emergency rule. White also joins a growing list of states and industries calling on the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to push back the October 1st federal real ID deadline due to the impact of COVID-19. Missouri Governor Mike Parsons in Hannibal later today to brief local leaders there. It's part of a two-day swing around the state of Missouri. Parsons' office says that the Republican governor will hold a COVID-19 briefing in Hannibal at 1 o'clock this afternoon at the Hannibal Regional Hospital. We'll have more on that in our afternoon newscast here at WTAD. Missouri Supreme Court says it's temporarily halted most of the hearings in the state for three weeks. Also, that announcement there. That's the latest for now. We'll keep you up to date. Any cancellations or postponements throughout the day here 
at WTAD. We'll step aside. It's 1018 here on the News Roundtable. WTAD. There's whiskey in the jar. Ah, uh, that was well, the Metallica version of that song. Got me banned from Napster, <laughs> making quite forever silly. <laughs> Why did you have to do that? I just wanted to see if they would. Why? And then it was: Am I really going to be mad at my husband for moving forward? Or am I just going to go ahead and be mad at Metallica? She was just going to go ahead and be mad. It was easier to be mad at Metallica than me for testing it. Uh, welcome back to the News Roundtable. By the way, thank you, Steve. Uh, Very well. Covering uh, meetings going on uh, here at Radiotopia uh, concerning the, the, the escalating situation, the fluid situation of right. stuff being closed, uh, certain buildings and businesses, and so that, that, that stuff going on all around the area as people try to come up with contingency plans in case uh, there is a full uh, lockdown. And I don't know that that's out of the question. Interestingly, though, uh, I'm going to rewind it back to today's uh, Tuesday, last week, when I said that uh, Governor Pritzker needs to be out pitching Illinois as a centralized hub of production for repatriating uh, repatriating uh, pharmaceutical company production. Uh, Peter Navarro, yesterday, uh, he's the uh, trade advisor to President Trump, uh, said that uh, we need to uh, figure out a way to get these medical supply chains relocated from overseas back to the United States. Uh, Navarro said that 70% of the ingredients that are used in advanced pharmaceuticals come from outside the United States. And a lot of that supply chain is based uh, in China. So this is um, a situation where the, the globalist community and advocates are kind of on the back foot. Uh, the globalist argument has always been based on participants behaving in a predictable manner uh, that's not detrimental purposefully to other nations. But when countries like China... Uh, act in their own interest and threaten to withhold uh, certain things uh, from other countries. Uh, that kind of breaks down the whole globalist uh, argument and allows for countries that can handle their own business to do so. And that's the United States of America uh, right now. Uh, Larry Kudlow, White House economic advisor, says that uh, we need to do what we can to get these companies to bring these supply chains back. He says 100% immediate tax write-off expenses like structures, equipment, R&D, and intellectual property would be a good way to pull this off. Um, the president, by the way, has not signed off on that yet. Uh, there are those who are pointing to the USMCA that uh, even if we don't handle it all domestically within the USMCA, we could have places you know, within Canada and Mexico, at least continentally. Um, it's an interesting point. 
And uh, there are others who are saying, look, there's there are going to be prices involved with this. There are going to be costs. Things are probably going to cost more. Labor in the United States is more expensive than labor in China. So uh, please know that things are going to be more expensive. Uh, but he says USMCA, Derek Scissors, by the way, is who I'm uh, American Enterprise Institute scholar and expert on China, says, look, USMCA is at least a start. And I revisit, this is where Governor Pritzker needs to be proactive on behalf of Illinois. Excuse me. And as of yet that I know of, he hasn't made mention uh, of offering up our, our infrastructure that's being refreshed uh, to the plans of the American pharmaceutical companies, two of which are based in Illinois uh, as of today. And I would think that that's a good place for Governor Pritzker to start. Are they focused on other stuff right now? Quite possibly. But I would think a, a quick phone call from the governor to say, hey, let's talk about your production supply being housed here in the land of Lincoln and then reach out to other pharmaceutical companies based in this country, most of them, as we pointed out, are along the East Coast, to have centralized hubs for easier, quicker distribution in the case of something like this when a vaccine gets created so that it can be distributed as quickly as possible. Uh, this would be a refreshing thing to hear from our governor amidst all the shutdowns and closures and him saying this is not a joke. Okay, I don't know that anybody's laughing, but perhaps a proactive, long-picture view on something like this that would help out the state beyond the current situation would be welcome, even if it's a welcome-adjacent uh, distraction from the the shutting and closing of so many things. Um, I think uh, while some workers are sitting dormant, uh, the governor and his team need to be hard at work on the on the bigger picture uh, right now to find a way to bring these businesses, factories, plants to the land of uh, Lincoln. Now, whether these companies want to centrally locate these out outlets or disperse them to regional areas, say you have uh, a distribution area of, of uh, manufacturing. Uh, plants in the southeast region and the northeast region to to make it even that much quicker. I would understand that, but you're still going to need a Midwest distribution point and perhaps manufacture point. And again, why not the land of Lincoln? Um, the uh, the governor Pritzker should be making the case right now for Illinois. Even even groups like Gretif, uh could could make these entreaties uh, too. I, they don't have to wait for for governor. Pritzker, in fact, that they may be able to jumpstart uh, the process should he be distracted with other more momentary things. Uh, I would expect Governor Kim Reynolds of Iowa and Governor Mike Parson of Missouri to be thinking about the same thing. How can we offer up and sell our state and its infrastructure to these uh, pharmaceutical companies who are going to be encouraged and offered incentives to bring that production home here to the United States. You don't want to be uh, dependent on an international neighbor who who maybe doesn't want to play nice with you when you have the ability to do it uh, in-house. And we've shown that it can be done when it comes to uh, energy uh, with the uh, oil companies now making us energy independent, where we're not relying on OPEC or oil from around the world. So, I, again, there's an opportunity here that I think Governor Pritzker can get out in front of, well, first and foremost, our neighbors 
but the situation and give us something positive to talk about because this state aren't uh, is in a different fiscal reality than our neighbors. And this is something that could doubly help Governor Pritzker as far as this situation with coronavirus, but also financially moving forward. By the way, uh, one thing that you can do in the state today is get out and vote. I did that already this morning. Thank you to the poll workers who are out there. There seem to be a full staff at my uh, polling station and precinct. Uh, thank you to those uh, workers. Get out and vote. Uh, that is going on until 7 o'clock tonight. That is the Tuesday edition. It is Tuesday uh, edition of the News Roundtable. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.